0: Welcome to Split, the After Ever After podcast. We're here along with other experts and real people with real stories to help you navigate life after separation. Whether you're newly separated or divorced and co-parenting, listen now for tips and advice on how to build a foundation for a more peaceful future.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Split, the After Ever After podcast. I am Jennifer Sanders and with me I have Ashley Wood. How's it going? Hi, hi Ashley. I'm good. How are you? We're filming separately today. I feel so I far away from you. We're so actually pretty close in our town, but it's not the same. It's not the
0: same. I know. But, it's so how are things? Yeah, they're going, just, you know, bopping along, tail end of another pandemic summer. Um, but we had, so I think I've mentioned this before, at least to you one-on-one, but our daughter's in soccer. It's a big deal because it was her first um organized sport that she's been involved in. Okay. Which and I use that term very loosely because as <laughs> you know, with three kids, it's mainly just a swarm of children running it through the grass. And uh, my kid lasts about 10 minutes and then lays in the grass. So okay. anyways, um so with the way that our schedule worked on the one weekend, I invited uh Paige's dad to a soccer game. I thought he was going to say no. Um, I mean, I still, I still invited him with the intention of if he comes, that's great. Yeah. Um, I thought he would say no. He said yes. Um, and then I remember So I was like, okay, great. Well, you know, we'll just, we'll see how this goes. This could be nice. Um, but then I realized after the fact that she had soccer pictures, like an, uh, there was like an hour window after the game to the pictures. So I let him know. And uh, he's like, okay, no problem. Yeah. We'll just hang out. We'll, uh, we'll. (laughs) We'll go get a bite to eat or whatever. And then we'll go back up for the pictures. Now who's we? Who's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this was just, this was just him, uh, Paige and myself. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I had to say like it, it went fine. I would have never extended the invite had I thought there was major chance that it would blow up. Obviously we've talked about this a lot on the show, Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was perfectly fine. Fine, but the one thing that I wanted to share about it that I think is important for anyone who has little kids who have um like you've been separated. The your children will really only remember you as a part. Right. Um, is that as I mean, it was great for our daughter to see us interact positively, I'm sure, but she really didn't care. <laughs> oh, good point. Because she's so she's so used yeah. to it. like like she knows she this is how this is normal life for her. Yeah. So um, it was nice but I was definitely very stressed leading up to it and I don't think it's something that we need to make you know a common occurrence in our dynamic. I think that's best for us for conflict and then yeah also it it relieved a lot of guilt that I've been carrying for a while about the fact that we don't like we never did things together. Mm -hmm. So yeah just interesting that's a really good family. point because I kind of would have thought that you know I think
1: most people would think that you and your role and what you do would be like we're now we're gonna do it every other week yeah and no. it's like, it's no. so yeah good point that if they if they don't know that it could almost especially for older kids be like a little bit awkward if yeah. it's not a norm for them like mom and dad haven't had meals together for a while or whatever yeah. Um even if it's it's amicable but it could feel forced or could feel awkward for them or
0: it, Exactly. And there was, yeah. you know, in the beginning it was kind of weird and it was just slightly awkward. Now, yeah. I don't think she really picked up on that cuz she's still quite little and and she was also playing soccer so she was kind yeah. of far away and not really a part of that. Yeah. But uh but yeah, so positive co-parenting win all around. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah.
1: I thought when you said it was pictures it was going to be like You have to pick which parent is going to, there's going to be some awkward like parenting (laughs) moment.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, we, it was just the kids. It was, it was just the kids. So we were saved. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Does she
1: like pick flowers in the field during the game? And
0: she does, but more so like when she's done, she will just come over and be like, mom, I'm done. And she will use those words. I'm, I'm done now. I'm done soccer so whatever which I don't care I mean I I went in with very low expectations so I wasn't super bothered we just yeah. I'm like we've committed so we're gonna stay with your team and yes. then when we're done we're done and then usually I have to insert and the the bribe of like you're gonna get a treat after if we stay right. yeah yeah I or more timbits or some kind of yeah 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 so yeah that's what's going on on my end you you've got a lot happening in your house right now I'm in the midst
1: of renos yeah I had a client tell me like I have this new blank wall behind me and actually had a rather outspoken client was like you need something on the wall it was (laughs) (laughs) blank um but it's freshly painted so my office area is all paint yeah so I'm in the midst of if I panned my camera around it would not be a good a good site So <laughs>
0: the beauty of Zoom uh, calls, uh, yeah, just, exactly. It's this little square
1: of peaceful exactly. tranquility. It's gonna be great when it's done. I'm at my bookcase. I'm gonna mount the computer on the wall. It's gonna be really good. But um, yeah, it's we're in the midst of of some stuff right <sighs> now. So yeah, yeah I just want to be done for like back to school and you know have a little bit of uh, normalcy for that. Mm-hmm. Um. I get into these Renos and then I'm all excited and then I hate them and then
0: (laughs) I don't want them to be I'm like that with every project. That's why I'm not yeah. like crafty. I've I've wanted I've attempted a scrapbook several times for my daughter, never never completed. Oh it yeah. Because- oh no. I should okay. on that one for me. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, so we'll keep we'll keep it it's going to be ongoing. So with each episode, i will I'll keep you updated on <laughs> where things are. Hopefully yeah. it'll it'll keep going. Please do. Yeah, so today our episode is talking a lot about how we can talk to kids about having hard conversations. Our interview today, we're talking with Sarah Olsher. And I'm really excited to talk to her because she, when I was looking into um all of the things that she's created, she's created so many resources.
0: She has.
1: Yeah. Not only about um divorce and co-parenting issues like we're gonna focus on today, but how to talk to kids about cancer and COVID. Um, I was just trying to have that conversation with my kids today about COVID and what school is going to look like. And, um, and she's created a lot of resources to go with those. So we're mm-hmm. going to talk
0: to her today about those. It's interesting. I never realized until going through a separation and all this myself, how grief extends beyond just like loss. Um, and really, I mean, there's so much loss in- involved in a divorce. And it's not just the The parents, um, the kids are experiencing a lot of uh, loss themselves. So the silver lining to all of that is once you have the tools to talk to your children about this, you can really apply and I'm sure she'll talk about this, but you can apply the that's the same tools for that conversation to so many other difficult conversations with mm-hmm. your kids. So
1: and I like today that we're doing interviews like this because I always like to get down to practical advice for people, right? Yeah. My clients are always asking, you know, what do you think? Like, should we talk to the kids separately? Should we talk to them together? And mm-hmm. everyone comes at it from such a different experience. Maybe they were kids and had some horrifying experience of their kids sitting, their parents sitting them down. So I think mm-hmm. having some practical advice of what it can look like and how we can actually do it. Um, is really good for people to have.
0: Yeah, for sure. Looking forward to this one.
1: Welcome Sarah to the podcast today. We are so happy to have you here with
2: us. Thank you so much for having me. I really am very excited to talk to you ladies today.
1: Oh, great. So yeah, we're really excited to talk to you. I've spent some time going through your Instagram page and I always love it when like it's so obvious that you're a designer, your page is so <laughs> friendly and bright and great pictures. I, yeah, just really, it was enjoyable to, to go through the content. Thanks. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your story? How did you find yourself kind of in this, this after ever after worlds of marriage and divorce?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So I was married for about five years and I had, um, an 18 month old daughter when I decided to leave my husband. Um, and it's funny, like at that time, I thought like our relationship was absolutely the worst. Like there is no way we are ever going to co-parent peacefully. Like it just was horrible. And literally yesterday we spent an entire afternoon, just like our, all, both of our blended families all together. So oh. there is so much hope on the other side. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, Yeah, but at the time, um, my daughter was a year and a half old, and it was horrible. I mean, I lived in a motel for nine days, like, trying to find a new apartment for both of us, like, it was brutal, and she was really little, obviously, but she was having a lot of anxiety. And I could not find any resources to help me online. I tried joining like co-parenting groups and just felt like my issue was my kid. And it wasn't, I like had no desire to go back into like the dating world. And my relationship ending was actually like the least important thing to me. It was all about my daughter. And so I ended up taking her to a therapist and my ex-husband was like, she is too. Like, seriously, like, (laughs) what is she going to get out of it? But it was so amazing. Like that therapist gave me so many tools for learning how to talk to her that it really changed the tide for us. And one of the things that she did was she was going on vacation. And so she was trying to explain to my daughter when she was going to see the therapist next. So she pulled out this construction paper thing and she like made a calendar using a ruler and like pens and she said okay usually you see me on this day but you're gonna see me on this day instead and I thought why are we not doing this for when she's gonna see her dad next like she constantly was asking me when do I see daddy when do I see daddy and it wasn't like it wasn't always like oh I miss daddy it was mostly just like she wanted to know what the heck was happening day to day and like it didn't really occur to me to show her like on an actual calendar because she was two <laughs> and I had the whole thing on my phone um so I was an illustrator for six years which is why my Instagram feed looks like it does and I had already like made these drawings of our family so I just basically made these little magnets using and a calendar using electrical tape and I made this co-parenting calendar for her, um, and it just completely changed everything. Um, it, she, her anxiety was so much better, and I started showing her which days were school days, um, and it was, it was great. So I started Mighty and Bright at that point, um, selling these co-parenting calendars, and just basically ran it on the side. I was um, in marketing for a day job. And I just really enjoyed getting the emails from people where they were like, this is helping my kids so much. Why didn't I think of this? You know, and it would just like really lit me up. Um, so I was just planning to run it on the side. Like I never thought of it as a full-time thing at all. And then, (laughs) and then when she was six, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I thought, immediately my first thought was like i just don't want this to be worse than the divorce because mm-hmm. the divorce is so bad and it was already just so much worse and my mom came down from oregon i live in california and she stayed with us for 6 months and you know all through my chemo cycle and uh, it was just chaos it was yeah. like different people were bringing food different people were in the house like She didn't know anything that was going on. And so I started using the calendar to kind of show her where I was at in my treatment cycle, because for chemo, you kind of know how tired you're going to be at different points. So I would make like tired days and good days. Um, And for me, the biggest part was just coming up with ideas for things for us to do together because I'm so exhausted yeah. Um, and so just a list of things that we could do together that she could choose from made a huge difference, um, in our day to day. And once that whole thing was over, like the way that I kept my, myself going through my treatment was I was writing a book to explain what cancer was to my daughter, because there was nothing out there that actually explained what it was. It was just mm-hmm. like, mommy's going to lose her hair mommy's got a boo-boo on her boobie and it was just <laughs> right like, uh-huh. it was very just like you know people think kids need fantastical sorts of things with like rainbows and unicorns but when you're in the middle of something really difficult like a divorce or cancer you know they just need to know the truth and they need yes. to know it as simply as possible and then they need to know how it's going to affect their day-to-day right. so that was kind of you know, where I really realized that a book would be helpful. Um, And so that was when I really started to realize Mighty and Bright could be something a lot bigger than just a co-parenting calendar, because as much as that was so incredibly helpful for me and like hundreds of families that I had helped up until that point, it didn't feel like it was enough to really change the tide for people like in a major way when something truly devastating was happening. So now it's a line of books and calendars. Like I wrote a book called what happens when parents get divorced and that explains, you know, what divorce actually is. And then it goes into how it affects the child's day to day. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. my parents are getting divorced, but what does that actually mean for me? And it's like, it depends on the family. Um, but you're going to see your parents on different days and, you know, it goes through all that. So yeah that in a nutshell is kind of how I got to where I am right now
1: (laughs) yeah you've so really definitely born from your own experience of of going through this and I so did you write the book was your first book about cancer how to talk to kids about cancer
2: yes Um, it's called well I actually wrote two the first one was called cancer party yeah I wrote that one during my treatment but you know like as an artist, sometimes things like don't feel right mm-hmm. and they're not, they, they don't feel complete, but for some reason, I just felt like I had to like get it out into the world. Yes. Um, so then after that, I, I, it was, took me realizing the calendar need to be incorporated into the books. Um, so yeah. the, the main book about cancer is called what happens when someone I love has cancer and it's used in hospitals all over the country, which is incredible.
1: Wow. yeah I love how the illustrations I did see that one are so kind of bright and engaging I've noticed that like I do have some books um, about co-parenting and divorce but they don't tend to look they look a bit homemade they don't look as professional they don't tend to have as much engaging um, illustrations oh, thank um, you. that yeah no the illustrations are really are really great so yeah. how do you decide to um, what approach to take with the content of the books? How, just like, so about divorce, how did you decide, like, what are kids going to be looking for here?
2: Well, when it came to divorce, I really knew from my own experience of dealing with mighty and bright customers and um, my own experience. So that's where that one came from. Um, you know, I knew what I wanted in a book because I used what was out there and I knew what was missing. Um, I also tend to go through the reviews of other books just to make sure like I'm hitting things that maybe other books aren't. But the main thing with the divorce book that I wanted to talk about was Mm co-parenting because it is a very different situation um, when, when you have parents that are trying to get along, that are trying to do these, you know, involved custody schedules and the books don't necessarily talk about co-parenting. Right. And I had some people in the beginning when I was sending the the manuscript out say, "Well, what happens if, you know, the parents aren't getting along and they're not sharing this sharing custody?" I'm like, "Well, then this isn't the book for you." Right. <laughs> you know, because yeah. You know, and I I created three versions of it actually. So I have the main book, but then I have one for lesbian couples and I have one for gay dads also, because the big thing for me also is I really want every child to feel seen. Mm -hmm. And the main character is biracial. Like I just wanted, I wanted kids to see that there are different types of families and they can see theirs in this because I don't want kids feeling like they're alone. Or that they're different.
0: I had actually made a note to say that, like, your content in general is some of the most inclusive um, content I've seen within this space, uh, for yeah. sure. So, yeah, I think that's really great that you've, you know, took the time and care to do that. A lot of parents are really anxious about getting this conversation right. Um I love a lot of the clients that I speak with I'm sure Jennifer has experienced this too like I cannot f this up you know I've, they've already gone through so much I got to get this right what would you say to a parent who is you know experiencing that anxiety and worry well first off you
2: are 100% not alone um nobody wants to have these conversations you know and I did some research and it turns out that the average parent only talks to their kids about divorce for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's, That's all. it. Wow. And so like, I think that really speaks to the fact that we really don't want to talk about stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and especially like when it comes to cancer, people just think they don't need to talk about it at all. Like let's yeah. just not talk about it. Um, But I would say first off, like it is incredibly important to have these conversations and just to give yourself some grace and realize you don't have to have it perfect because it isn't a one and done conversation, or at least it shouldn't be, you know, you can have this conversation and you can mess it up in some way and come back and fix it later. And, you know, when I say fix it, I just mean you come back and you say, you know what? I don't really feel like I said everything I wanted to Mm -hmm. say to you. And this is a really big thing. And I want to make sure that you know any questions that you have for me, I will 100% answer for you. And I want you to feel like you can talk to me. Like that's the main thing. And I actually created a guide that I have for free as a download on my website at mightyandbright.com that is like all of the like bullet points that you want to cover in these conversations. And so you can just download that sort of thing, but taking notes beforehand and making sure that you feel like you're prepared, takes some of the anxiety away. And you can also just say, like, I I have to talk to you about something and it isn't going to be fun. And I'm feeling really nervous because I love you so much and I don't want you to be upset. And, you know, this is, this is not a fun conversation.
0: I think it's great that, Um, you bring up that point to just give yourself grace, because we, we talk about um, quite extensively on the show, the importance of preparing for divorce. And if you can to have some of the, you know, who, what, and how um, lined up with your soon to be former partner and have this conversation together, but like you brought up at the beginning, And, you know, you're not alone in this. So many people like you are and often find themselves in a position where they haven't had time to plan um, and they are forced to just have these conversations and they may not have the answer to every question. And I just love how you're saying, like, I'm going to do my best here, but we're going to continue to talk about this as things change. And, uh, you know, and if there's a question you have that I can't answer, we're going to work on that.
2: Absolutely. And I also think, you know, my daughter was so young that at that time, I didn't realize that I even needed to say anything to her about it when it was happening. Um, And that was one of the things that I really learned through that therapist was that our kids really understand way more than we give them credit for, even when they're toddlers. So, you know, she might not understand the word divorce, but she does understand separation. She does understand her dad's not there. She does understand those things. And so we do need to talk to kids about this, no matter what their age is. Like, daddy's not here. Daddy will be back, you know. And and part of the co-parenting calendar I created was a little, like, basically these little stickers that show kids what a day is. Because if you have a really young kid, they might not understand you know, oh, you're going to see dad in three days. So I try to talk to parents, like you can explain to toddlers in terms of like sleeps, you've got three sleeps until you see the other parent. Yeah. So that tends to help.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think it is important to, um, let them know that vulnerability that, Hey, I'm not sure what to say if they're a bit older. Right. I'm not sure what to say. I'm sad. Cause I have gotten feedback before that, that all always remember that, um, of kids, the parents feel like they have to put on such a polished facade to say like, it's all going to be okay. We figured it out. Mommy <laughs> is going to live here. And so, but the child is feeling sad and then they don't know what to do with that emotion because they're saying, well, mommy and daddy, Aren't sad? They seem okay about it. So I guess I'm supposed to be okay with this. So, right. and it's let them know, yes. you <laughs> yeah. know.
2: Like and our kids, like as much as we like to think that, like, oh, if we act fine, it's all fine. Like okay. they know it's not fine.
1: No, no, they
2: know it's fine, not fine. They read energy so well. They know when there's tension in the air. Like they know, and they're gonna, you know. I think there's a difference between like mommy and daddy are having zero emotions about this and yeah. mommy and daddy have it handled. Yeah, yeah. You want them to understand that you are the adult. That yeah. You have this under control. You've got their back, yeah. Yeah, and that like they can still trust you to keep keep stuff together, mm-hmm. you know? Not, it's mm-hmm. not all gonna fall apart. You're, are, you're both still there to support them, mm-hmm. but that it's okay for
1: everybody to have feelings about this because it's yeah. hard. I think, I think because it is such a hard thing, I think when I see clients who aren't talking to their kids, I, I kind of chalk it up that they're going through such a hard thing emotionally, right? They're barely keeping it together. So they're not really thinking clearly in a lot of situations. Um, I definitely have a lot of clients who have Teenage kids and they've been sleeping separately for better part of a year, but they still haven't talked to the kids and they think the kids haven't figured it out. Like, well, we just told them it's because of COVID or daddy snores a lot. And I'm thinking... I think they know. Like, I think they know. Yeah, know. Um, Yeah, exactly. So, but I think sometimes your head is just as a parent, you're trying to keep all this other stuff together as well. So, having resources that give you those practical things to say. Mm -hmm.
0: And also the calendar um, presents a really nice, like natural uh, flow into having these conversations and creating a space where both of both the parent and child feel comfortable to talk about it. Like I'm thinking Mm -hmm. maybe that would make it a little bit less awkward. Like, okay, let's, let's do the calendar for this week. And that's your opportunity to do a check-in and how are you feeling about this? And it's just like a bit more natural, maybe. Absolutely. And one thing that I find that's
2: very interesting is that the kids kind of attach to it like they would attach to a lovey in some ways. Like
0: mm-hmm. it is
2: theirs, they own it. It doesn't have the cat's vet appointment on it. Like it is theirs. And it reminds them that their their life is, you know, they can know what to expect out of it. And that is a sense of safety that every kid needs in the middle of a crisis a reminder that they're safe and it as humans we function with structure and this is a visual reminder that that structure is there
1: so do you recommend then that parents would um have two calendars there would be one at each home
2: It depends on whether or not they're actually getting along and like are both going to use them because the importance of the calendar is that the parents are using it. And so if it's ignored in one home, that kind of takes the power away Mm -hmm. uh, from it. And, you know, as much as I would love every parent to have you know one in both homes sometimes it's just not practical and Mm -hmm. you know there was no amount of like my suggesting anything I suggested my ex was going to be like that's a terrible idea so (laughs) (laughs) I recognize that that's the case in a lot of families um so yeah it's it would be ideal but it's not necessary for it to work
1: and then how did you do it practically? Or how do you know that your clients do, do you, would you sit down with your child at the beginning of the month and have them set up the calendar or each week?
2: Yeah. So it's a weekly calendar and a lot of parents will buy like four of them to show them at, you know, four weeks at a time. And then it becomes like this really cool perpetual sort of calendar where when you're done with one week, you move it up to the top. And so oh, it's cool,
1: great.
2: Um, but yeah, what we really want to see parents do is do, do it with their kids and I, it's called a connection calendar. So there's a co-parenting connection calendar, like an everyday connection calendar. And the point being, you know, in the middle of all of this chaos, you want to feel connected to your kids and you want them to feel connected to you. And so to sit down and put it together together and say, you know, so this is what this week is going to look like. And then every day there's a little today button, you know, that you can use if you want to, especially for younger kids, that's really helpful. Mm -hmm. And every day they can move that today button. So they see, you know, what's happening. Um, there's also like expansion kits, upgrades, um, for different holidays or activities. So you can really show your kids, like literally everything that's going on in their lives yep. and kids love that. So, you know, you take out all these big sheets of stickers and you're putting the thing together. It's really, it's, it's a good activity for parents to do. Mm-hmm. And it becomes like a Sunday night ritual in a lot of families,
1: nice, um, nice. So that's, yeah, that's what I recommend for sure. Yeah. Cause I know at least just with my clients, I think like one of the most common schedules is we call it like the two, two, three. So it is alternating the days of the week that you are with each parent. So Tuesday, one week, you're not going to be, you're going to switch. So if you're with mom one week next week, that's with dad. So I do, I didn't say this. I think it was one of my mentors or something about co-parenting to think about how difficult it can be for kids in that transition, that If you yourself as an adult had to all of a sudden live between two homes and you had two bedrooms and two kitchens and two whatever, that would be really hard. And then throw into that not having your phone or some sort of calendar and knowing when you wake up in the morning where you're going to be going to sleep that night. It's Um,
0: stressful.
2: Yeah. It's incredibly stressful. And I don't think, I don't think that as adults, we often put ourselves in our kids' shoes in that way exactly. to really recognize like how I mean the sense of anxiety that I have even just thinking about that.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I know I
1: think as an adult, like I wouldn't do well in that situation or even adults who are trying to do business travel, not now during COVID, but who had who travel a lot, they struggle. Yeah.
0: Totally. I will say as a child of divorce, albeit a horrible, horrible, high conflicts um, situation, I I had visitation with my dad every other weekend. So it was fairly minimal back and forth. And even that was I remember really hard, like transitioning back and my parents being so different and my room being different. And yeah, it was a lot. So it's tough for kids. It is especially if they're highly sensitive,
2: which is the case with my daughter, it became, it was just really hard for her.
0: Yeah. So Sarah, if you don't mind me asking, because we have um, obviously quite a few guests on the show and most of them have been through divorce themselves. You mentioned earlier on that you never dreamt things would be where they are today. And if you feel comfortable sharing, I mean, you don't have to share all, but what, what was, you know, the the biggest thing that caused that shift or if there were a few things that helped um this this change and in, in a positive direction. Can you share
2: that? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think it took me a little while to figure out what exactly it was that changed. Um, because at first I thought it was just that I got cancer and everybody was like, oh Sarah might die. Like we all better get along. Let's be <laughs> nice now. Yeah. <laughs> but I realized it actually was me. And what cancer did for me and what it made me do was not care what he was doing.
1: Interesting.
2: <laughs> not engage with him anymore. Yeah. And that gave him space to not care what I was doing anymore because I wasn't, I was just like, whatever, like, you know, it just like helped me separate things. Um, he also was, got remarried pretty quickly after our divorce to a woman who at first I was like, Oh, I don't know about this. Like (laughs) I felt kind of uncomfortable. It was hard for me to share, like to, to share my child, to see like my little baby being held by someone I didn't know. And I was angry about it over time just letting it go and not caring so much. And like, just being like, it's more people that will love her, Mm -hmm. you know? And then she and I kind of got to know each other and now I adore her. I think she's hilarious and she's been so good for my ex-husband. Like, you know, we, my ex and I joke, like, you know, we've been talking about COVID and how You know, in co-parenting situations, sometimes people aren't agreeing about safety protocols and how hard that would be. And he's like, you know, we weren't very compatible, but I'm glad that we weren't like that incompatible. Like (laughs) I know, right? You know, it's just, um, it's it's it was me, I think, not engaging, and then giving him the space to not engage. So he was like, he would like try, and I'd be like, dude. I've had like a chemo pumped into my yeah. veins in the past three and a half months. Whatever you care about is not important. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, wow, that's incredible. I, that's I hear insight. that. Yeah. And, and like good for both of you. I think that's amazing. And also props to his new wife for, you know, doing such a great job in the role as, as bonus mom. I I hear this role. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Yeah. I I hear this with clients a lot. And I think um, like the, they echo your story. And I think when you're at the, when you're in the relationship, you're both fighting because you're trying to make positive change. And it's so hard to get out of those roles. It's so hard to transition from partners to co-parents when you're still sharing so many responsibilities, but you're not each other's responsibilities, right? And it's so hard to separate those two, because you still want to hold them accountable to this certain standard of parenting. It's it's a lot.
2: It's just, I remember I walked some of my girlfriends through this and I remember thinking to myself, Oh, honey, that is none of your business. Yeah. None of your business at the end of the day. And they're like, I don't care if it's none of my business (laughs) doing that. And I'm like, I know I've been there. Like, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) But you have to get to a point of being like, okay, like, this is my lane. This is your lane. And I'm staying in my lane, even though your lane is like totally got lots of potholes, and like I can see everything.
1: I going. could fix your lane really easily. Yeah. 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 I, I hope you're like CAA exactly
2: <laughs> materials for this, you know. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's like there are so many, and I think it took me getting cancer to realize there are yeah. so many bigger fish to fry than you know what he's doing with his time like who cares like I used to get so mad that he would have his whole family over every time he had time with her I'm like doesn't he want to spend time alone with her like who cares yeah yeah
1: it's
2: time it's none of my business yeah and at the end of the day like now she has relationships with her family that you know I'm not always right (laughs)
1: yeah
0: (laughs) most of the time most of the time thank you so much, Sarah. I I can't wait. I'm sure Jennifer feels the same to share your products with all of our listeners and links to you. So we will be sure to uh, link your website and IG in the show notes. But um, is there anything else that you want us to include or anything coming up that you want to share? And also, I'm just thinking too, maybe I should do a direct link to that Downloadable list you oh, were talking about? Yeah, how to talk to your kids
2: about divorce. Yeah, sure.
1: I would use that yeah. for sure with my clients.
2: I also have a free download that has these like little um, inspirational things that you can hang up around your kids, like on their mirror and stuff. That's they're they're little illustrations from the book, but basically they're like, you know, even if your parents don't get along, they still love you, you know, stuff like that. So just things that make your kids feel like they're remembered.
0: Oh, great! And that's off. That's from your website. Yes. Yeah. I try and
2: create a lot of free stuff because I just feel like people like free stuff and I like making things so
0: yeah amazing okay great so we will put links to all of that and just thank you one more time for um, sharing your product with us and with our listeners and also for being so open and honest about your own journey I think that a lot of people who hear you say that um, will feel inspired and a sense of hope that like things can take a turn um, in a more positive direction, even if it feels like it's a complete dumpster fire right now. <laughs> yeah, and
2: I can honestly tell you,
0: I thought like we had the dumpster fire of
2: all dumpster fires. I did not <laughs> think there was a way to put it out. So there's definitely hope. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's Thank pretty. you. Okay, Sarah, we'll talk to you later. I'm sure. Thank I would you love so that. So much, Sarah. So much. Thank this you. Was so fun. Bye. Bye now. Bye.